Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello. Hello. Uh, And welcome to part two of a three-part series. This whole series is all about how to really nail your copywriting interviews. And in the last episode, we talked about how to prepare for the interview. Today, we're going to talk about what needs to happen in the interview and what questions you need to have ready to go and what answers you need to have ready to go as well. Um, so good news. You applied for it. You were very got smart. You did the research <laughs> and you got into the creative director and you got an interview. Woo-hoo. What do you have to freak out? You to- <laughs> <laughs> really excited for a second, and panic for a second, yep. go back to excitement, panic a little bit more. Pop the champagne and Pop then. The champagne. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Sometimes shaking in the bathroom. Yes. This is all of the emotion. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think the mistake that a lot of people, and not just copywriters, but a lot of people in general make, is they look at a company's website. They look at usually just the homepage. Yep. Um, we've seen that a lot as we were interviewing people. A lot. Clearly didn't Anyone look that's been to our company website didn't go to where our actual brands and products are. So they had no idea what we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not uncommon in other things, too, if you just look at one page, you're not necessarily going to get a good feel, particularly if you're, you know, talking with an agency, you're not going to get a feel for who their clients are, who they're working with. Are they working with certain industries? Are they focused on healthcare and higher ed? Or are they focused on, you know, consumer goods? Mm -hmm. Very hard to know without digging a little bit deeper. Yeah. I mean, dig into, if this is something that you want, dig into 
everything. Mm -hmm. Read all of the pages on their website. Go to social media. See what they're posting on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Do some research. Are they on TikTok? Are they on Snapchat? Where's their Mm -hmm. audience? You know, it might be that they're on platforms that you're not on. It's, you know, there's so many platforms now that I'm not even on myself, but other Mm -hmm. brands, it makes sense for them to be there. Mm-hmm. Google them and look for news. Click that mm-hmm. little news button when you Google and see if they're they're being they're being written up for doing anything recently. You want to the the base level is you want to know this company inside and out. Mm-hmm. And to um, that point, it helps you not make assumptions about what the company is or isn't. You know, I think a lot of folks in our group want to work for companies that support their values or kind of are in align with their values you know, a lot of uh, socially conscious or eco-conscious brands. And you might find that some that are touting that they're eco-friendly or eco-conscious aren't actually walking the walk. And some that actually do support those things and maybe just more quietly so, it's not the, you know, the front and center of their brand, that they actually do align with with your values. So do some digging to find out if if what you think is actually true, if you're making any sort of assumptions, just catch yourself. And it's, we all make assumptions. I mean, that's how we get through life or else we'd be slowed down, you know, by all these assumptions we're making, but yeah, dig into it, make a list of things, catch yourself. Oh, I don't think they align with this. Why do I think that? Okay. Let me, let me now Google and, and see what I can actually find to support that idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and let's not forget too, that you're going in for, a copywriting job. So what copy are they mm-hmm. putting out there in the world? What yep. do their ads look like? Or what, you know, if it's, if it's a, um, it's, if you're interviewing for an internal agency, which is the, the creative team within a company who does the creative work for that company uh, versus an agency, which an external agency, which does work for a bunch of different companies. Think of your, like, that's your typical ad agency that you're thinking. That's of, your mad men. Agency. Exactly. Yeah. That's your mad men. Um, if it's an internal agency, what kinds of stuff is that internal agency doing? What is their marketing? What are their ads? If it's an external agency, um, what, who are their clients and what are they doing for their clients? You should not just know the company. You should be really, really well versed on the work that they're doing because, if you get this job, you will be doing that same work. So you should show that you've already done the research and as much as possible, you could come in and really hit the ground running. Yeah, absolutely. And by knowing kind of what they're doing, you might get questions like, hey, what opportunities do you see for us on social media? What are we doing that you found really effective? Did you see anything that we were doing that you thought was ineffective and why? And so you might get questions like these about the work and you want to have some sort of answer prepared. And now with any question you're getting asked, keep in mind, you can always have notes. No one's going to care if, hey, I give me a second. I actually wrote down some notes and I want to check them and make sure I'm giving you the, the, you know, the a complete answer. Yeah, that's impressive. If you come into an interview with me, I ask you a question, you say, you know, I was thinking about that just the other day and I jotted down a few notes. I mean, that's great. I don't yeah. need I don't need you to show me that you are great on the spot. That's not what I need. Mm-hmm. I need to see I I being the hiring manager in this scenario. Um I need to see that you understand that these things are important and you think about them. Well, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, if you really want this job, and again, here's hoping you do, because why are you going through all all this if you don't, um, and you see the work they're doing, don't hesitate 
to put together a spec piece for this opportunity, you know, especially if there's nothing in your portfolio that maybe directly relates to what they're doing. Um, Put together a spec piece. Don't take something they're doing now and try to improve on it because that is definitely not the vibe you want to come in. Like, Or I found a typo. Yeah, don't be that person. Don't come in and say, this is what you're doing and I do it better. Mm. But, you know, if they're they're doing a campaign, say, of of magazine ads and um, you create one that looks like it would seamlessly and, well, more importantly, sounds like because it's all about copy, um, but get a designer to help you. Get one of your design contacts, right? This is why we build a network. Um, get uh, Build a, write and build a, a portfolio piece, a, a spec piece that would go right in line with that. I mean, how much more impressive, not how much more, but it, it couldn't be much more impressive to show that mm-hmm. you have the ability to hit the ground running if they hired you. It's not just, well, maybe this person can do it. They sound like they know that mm-hmm. it's you're opening up your portfolio and saying, yes, this is what I put. I saw that this is the campaign. I saw that this is what you're working on. It seemed to me that it was this and this and this. And this is what I put together just to show you what I would probably do. Obviously, I don't know. I haven't done have a creative brief for this, but based on what I've seen about the other projects, very, very impressive. Do you have to do it? No, of course not. But do you want this job? It's, it doesn't actually take that much effort to go the extra mile. It's mm-hmm. it, in fact, it's probably much more like the extra, extra foot. foot. Yep. Yes. Yeah. But that will separate you from other copywriters. And if you're the copywriter who comes in with a piece that with a spec piece for the current campaign they're doing, it's so much more impressive than all the other copywriters they're interviewing who didn't, didn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. types of questions you might hear during this interview beyond, you know, hey, what have you checked out on our site? So first and foremost, you want to have done your research because your research is going to inform lots of the questions that they might ask, but they may also dig into your work and your portfolio with questions like, what's your favorite piece? I've gotten that. I don't know if you've gotten that, Nikki. I've gotten that multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it feels a little bit of a trap because my favorite pieces are often the ones that have a really fun voice. They were super fun to write in, very lighthearted puns. I love a pun. A lot of the brands I work with, that's not their voice. Uh, They're not going to want to see a super fun tone. They're going to want to see professional or, you know, I've worked with a lot of finance, healthcare, tech, none of those brands I've worked with in those industries had a super fun voice. So I want to show them pieces, if not from their same industry. And often I don't, you know, my favorite piece that may be the best for, to show them may not be from their specific industry. If it is great, if you have that, but a lot of them are more, either the medium that I know that they're going to want to do like a lot of web pages. So I might look for, okay, what's my, what's one of my best web pages or the tone again. Okay. This brand was in line. Yes. It's in, in biotech, but this brand's in, uh, you know, FinTech and it's got a similar, mm-hmm. similar tone of voice. So I can show them that I can already write in a voice that's very similar to theirs and I'm familiar with that and I can use the words that are going to crop up in, in 
that they want to see in their their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and you don't. It's not like you have to to lie to them and say no. This this piece is my favorite piece because they're right. going to be like, really, this is your favorite. Yeah. But you, what you can say is, you know, I'd love to show you two pieces. Actually, I want to show you truly my favorite piece. So you know, show them the fun voice. Maybe that's a the direction they're interested in going. Whatever. But then also say, but I also want to show you a piece that I think is um, most in line with what. The, with what I anticipate the work here would be. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're kind of taking control of that conversation a little bit. You don't have to only give them what they ask for. Think of it as a yes. And mm-hmm. yes, I will give you this. And I will also show you this. And here's why I also want to show you this. It's like politicians during debates. They get asked a question and they say, yes. And now let me go talk about this other topic, healthcare, even though you just asked me about foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's what I, here's what I want you to know. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's a very similar question in some ways to if they ask, what's your writing style like, right? I mean, your writing style isn't necessarily your writing style if ever besides on your portfolio, your writing style is going to be the style of your client. And so when they ask a question like that, you want to definitely consider, you know, take a beat because it can almost feel like a trick question, even if they don't intend it to be such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can say you can say something along the lines of, well, you know, the the mark of a copywriter who who knows what they're doing or, or a copywriter who is good at what they do is to blend seamlessly into the company that they're working for. Uh, maybe not those exact words, but you know, do you you this is you preparing for the interview. You know that we're not extemporaneous copywriters, um, but bring up the point that you have a flexible writing style and that no matter who your client is, and you could say something, you know, along the lines of, of, um, as you can see, I have written for, which is part of why we tell mm-hmm. you depth and breadth of, of style and skill and experience in your portfolio. So that you can say, I can write in different tones depending on what my client is looking for so that mm-hmm. it's not going to sound like me. It shouldn't sound like me. It should sound like, um, like the client. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My favorite, I like to show clients kind of the example before it fun tone of voice. I have one that I wrote for a brand that is, was very, it wasn't, I wouldn't say bro marketing, but it was that if, if you can picture a bro on how, you know, you typical stereotype here, but write me, me wrote for that type of brand, <laughs> but then also for uh, a CMO of a, an arm of Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Very different, very, you know, one very professional, one very like loose, fast and loose with, you know, slight curse words thrown in there were okay. Very different. So I like Mm -hmm. to show that to people to be like, yes, both of those things came out of my ability, you know, out of my brain and I, whatever you can throw at me, sure. I'm, I'm ready to, to drop in and be able to write and hit the ground running Mm -hmm. because that's what they want, right? They want you to be able to hit the ground running. They don't want you to have to have so much ramp up time to understand the tone of voice. They want to know that you're going to come in and yeah, you might need some feedback. You might need some, you know, direction and it takes everyone time to settle in, but they know you're going to be able to pick it up and not have, it won't be so much of a stretch for you. It won't be a challenge. It won't be, Ooh, we're hiring someone that really can only write in this one voice. And that's not similar to ours. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're not going to hire you. You can only write in one right. voice, which again, 
depth and breadth in your portfolio. If they mm-hmm. only see you can write in one voice and it's not their voice, they are probably not going to hire you. Yeah. Um, another question that I've gotten, I think you, I, I don't know if you said you got this question, Kate, but, um, the, who's your, who's your favorite copywriter? Um, which myself, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who's got two thumbs and is an excellent copywriter, this guy, um, which I think is, I, I find that you tend to get it from people who are not in like who are not, you don't usually get that from a creative director. You usually get it from a marketing director or something like that. Because the thing is, is you're not really supposed to know who the copywriter is behind the work. Mm-hmm. It's it's the work that's put out there by the company. We are not in it for the fame. Um, it's not the same as ghostwriting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not, not even the same, same as ghostwriting. content writing of any exactly. kind. Yeah. But our, we're not associated with with the actual work that we have put out, um, you know, and you might follow some other copywriters on Instagram and, but that's not common, I would say, in terms of copywriters having a brand that other people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. The people who are writing the, the big, the, you know, the big, million dollar ad campaigns or more than million dollar ad campaigns and commercials and that kind of stuff. They don't have a, they're not looking to be a a copy, um, a a copywriting influencer or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so someone asks you that um, this is again, one of those maybe a little bit less and, but a little bit more redirection of, well, you know, I don't actually have a favorite copywriter, but I have a favorite piece of copy. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, that is a great way to answer. If you, I just, I noticed this ad and it's, it's quite frankly, should be something that we are aware of. Like, well, oh, I saw this ad the other day, or I, I heard this piece of copy and it's really stuck with me. And here's why I like it. Um, and I don't mean that every single day you need to know what your favorite piece of copy is, but if you're going to head into an interview, mm-hmm. this is part of preparing. Like if you ask me today, what's my favorite piece of copy? Uh, I have an example off the top of my head. It's not my favorite piece of copy, but I, uh, I remember when Oreo, what I would say if I got this question right now, because it's literally the thing I can think of is, Oh, Hey, you know what? I loved when the Oreo team, when the Super Bowl, I think it was in the lights went out or whatever, and there's darkness mm-hmm. and Oreo did some sort of social media ad that kind of played off the moment and it was within minutes that their team had created something, put it together and boom, there it was. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really clever. And so I think speaking to something that's in the moment like that to say, Hey, this is really cool how they picked up on a a moment. You know, there's only certain timeframes for things Mm -hmm. like that to make it relevant, to make it have an impact. And the fact that they were able to do it with such speed, I thought it was so cool. Like their, their Mm -hmm. collaboration must've been great for that team to pull it off. And to speak to that collaborative effort, because often with any copywriting project, yes, there will be some where you go off and you write copy and you're kind of on your own executing the project, but plenty of projects will be a collaborative effort. And companies that have worked with copywriters before know this, that it's not just going to be a final draft being poured out of you every time. Quite frankly, most most folks learn that, that it's not, your job isn't to write perfected copy right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, so speaking to that collaborative effort, I think is also helpful to say, well, I don't have a favorite copywriter, but you know, it, this team that pulled off this piece that they might be familiar with, I think can really help resonate and speak to the fact that you're expecting to collaborate, that you're ready to collaborate. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that kind of leads to another question, um, which might come up, or at least you should be prepared to talk about, is how do you like to work with designers or how do you collaborate when it comes to a project? What is your ideal project um, life cycle or something Mm -hmm. along those lines? And that's really going to be your opportunity to say, yeah, I really like to work closely with the people around me, especially if you're going into a company where collaborate, then yeah, talk about collaboration. You can Mm -hmm. say, you know, I really like to spend some time concepting with a designer if that's available. Obviously I'll go off and write my copy on my own Mm -hmm. um, or really dig in and talk with the the marketing manager, whoever's kicking off the project. It's really important to me to know everything there is about the project and understand the strategy. And the more that you can show that you think like a team player mm-hmm. and that coming in, it wouldn't be, don't anybody talk to me. I have to write my copy and you know, I don't ask questions. I don't, the more that you can show that you would come in and bring something to the conversation, you know, that you wouldn't just be that a, the marketing manager would say, all right, this is the project. This is the brief. And you wouldn't pick up the brief and go, okay. And walk out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like there a you little- go assembly line yeah, automaton yeah exactly yeah. that you would you would say all right great and then ask questions about it and make suggestions and that kind of thing and then when you're working with a designer that you the two of you would would collaborate and you would concept for it and then once you've done your writing and they've done their um design that the two of you come together the best thing and it's so rare to do which is crazy that it's rare to do a part of it because we're not in offices right now, but to sit down, you and the designer, sit down in front of a computer screen together after the designer has put the copy and layout and the two of you go, okay, well, this works here and this works here. And I think, well, you, I think we're going to have to cut this cut line. The headline, bit, yep. Yeah, exactly. No, nope. it looked good. It looked good before, but it's, mm-hmm. it's way too much in layout. And, and what does it look um, like when we shrink it to mobile? Does it stack well? Can we break lines in a different way? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's invaluable. But, and that's the kind of thing that, that you can talk about. The more that you can show what it would actually be like. So you, you have demonstrated your, your copy prowess, right? You've demonstrated your ability to, to use different tones. And again, if you were smart and put together a spec piece, so you've, you've demonstrated that you could do the work. Now you want to start talking about what it would actually be like for you to work there, for people to work with you. Mm-hmm. What kind of, not just a copywriter, but what kind of a, a, worker, a a team member are you? And the more that you can talk and more that you can give people a sense for the fact that you, you dig in and you like to get your hands dirty and you like to really get into a project, um, the more valuable they will view you. Yeah. I think the questions I get most often are around process. They see your final products in your portfolio, which is why it's so important to have a write-up with it to say, here was the challenge. Here's how I got here. And here, you know, if you have any results, but people like to hear that process of how do you get from nothing to this great final product? How does your brain work? Mm-hmm. And to give them a little taste of how that works, I think is really helpful to, for them to understand, A, if you know what you're talking about and it wasn't just this great final product that you somehow got to mysteriously. It takes away some of that mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and I know that some of you listening or watching may be thinking like, oh, what would I say? What would I say? I, I wouldn't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I would say. Great. You're not in an interview at this moment. Mm-hmm. So take some time and come up with some answers yep. to these questions. The reason that we're doing this 
podcast is, or at least this episode of this podcast, is so that you can be prepared for when you have an interview and you really want to ace these questions. And, you know, it's like the, all the, the typical questions, like, you know, what's your greatest strength? What's your greatest mm-hmm. weakness? And yes, people do still, still ask, ask these that, questions. Yeah. So make sure you have an answer mm-hmm. and make sure it's a good answer. I will say I asked a question recently in an interview, uh, what's your least favorite, I want to say it's least favorite project to work on and also just favorite boss, least favorite boss or manager. How, how did those relationships work? And it was very telling when, you know, a lot of people had great answers prepared of here's, I liked good communication. I didn't like when I felt like I didn't have, you know, my own ability to go off and get some projects done. But there was one answer that was dug into just a personality clash and felt like a rant about a former manager or boss. That doesn't come off well. So you want to be honest, yes, but think of, really think of, okay, not just we didn't get along, we butted heads because this person always said this and this. No one wants to hear the the story behind it. They want to know what specific thing was it your communication was, it was different styles and you like direct communication and they were more indirect than you like. So really come up with what the constructive, constructive criticism Mm -hmm. that you had on the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say what, what the situation was and what you learned from it. How would you solve it? And why you are now better for it Mm -hmm. and how you're constantly improving mm-hmm. as a professional. Yeah. And along the same lines as the, you know, if you're, if it's a, a, an internal team or if you're working for a creative director, what kind of, what kind of creative director do you want to work for? Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you look for in a supervisor? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can talk about the, the ability to, to give me good feedback and mm-hmm. give me the op- opportunity to, to, you know, make those changes on my own and, but kind of guide me without, um, without writing for me and, and, mm-hmm. you know, talking along those lines or someone I can really learn from. I have taken myself to a certain level and I'm really looking for a, a creative director that can help me put out the best work possible for the company. Because mm-hmm. again, don't forget, even when you're in the interview, it still should come back to how you can benefit the company. Don't forget that just because, and yes, in an interview, you're trying to figure out if it's a good fit, you versus them. But let's not forget, you are in this interview trying to market yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if you are thinking, eh, maybe I don't want this job, you still want them to want you, mm-hmm. you know? You want to leave a good impression. Yes. And if the you world think is you, small, smaller than we all imagine. You never know when paths can cross again. Exactly. And even if you think you don't want it, it's such good, uh, such good practice. Yeah. Exactly. Experience. So when you're in these interviews, think about how you can demonstrate again and again and again how you as a copywriter will benefit this company. It's very tempting. We see it on resumes all the time. And especially in interviews, it's very tempting to start talking about you. Mm-hmm. This is what I want. This is what I like. This is what I, and it will be tempting too, because you will get asked questions like that. You know, what are you looking for? What are your, what are your plans for the future? But there's always going to be a way to yes, answer the question. Yes, and. This is what I'm looking for. 
and why, and here's how it would benefit you if you hire me. Not, you don't have to specifically say that. Here's how it would benefit you if you hire me. Don't say it because it's pretty awkward, but you can talk about, you know, this is what I'm looking to develop and how I'm looking to develop. And I'm really looking forward to using that skill to X, Y, Z for this company or whatever. But remember that even though it's an interview, it's still not just about you. It's about what you Mm -hmm. can do for them. And the more that you can keep that in your head, the more it's going to keep you focused on being the best possible candidate. No, and the same thing really for, for whether you're interviewing for freelance or full-time mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and same thing with, you know, discovery calls and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's so where we spend so much time in our own heads and thinking like we were talking earlier about like, I'm excited. Now I'm nervous. Now I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Now I'm nervous. We spend so much time in our own heads and thinking about our own experience. It can be easy to forget that your experience, you know, we, if I'm interviewing you, I mean, like, yes, I, I care about you as a person, but if I'm interviewing you, my top concern is what are you going to do for this company and mm-hmm. how are you going to be as an employee and how are you going to mix with the team and how are you, how are you going to benefit us as an employee? And so as someone who's being interviewed, that needs to be one of the top things that you come into, that you're prepared to come in and talk to and display. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing to keep in mind too, when you get a question like, what's a challenging conversation you've had to have and how did you deal with it? I think the, how did you deal with it is obviously the more important part. So whatever your challenging situation was, what was your solution? Because the solution is what's going to help the company move forward and keep going and, you know, keep chugging along and not get derailed by whatever it might be, whatever challenge might come up. So have a couple of those in mind of just different scenarios you've been in that not just challenging, but maybe uncomfortable, maybe pushed you out of your comfort zone. Any situation where you're like, ooh, I did this and here's here's this great solution. Here's how it moved things forward and made things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's ideas I came up with to help the company that maybe weren't even copywriting related. You know, Maybe they were about processes or, Hey, I, I have a way that I think we can do this more efficiently or, Hey, I, you know, communication's getting a little off the rails. Mm-hmm. Is there, can we have a system for what goes through email versus what goes through our, our chat channel or whatever mm-hmm. coming up with things and, and having that list of here's what I've done in other places or other scenarios I've been in. And again, they don't have to be copywriting scenarios. They can be oh. any scenario. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it doesn't, you don't have to literally tell them the most difficult discussion you've right. ever had to have, yeah. or you don't have to tell them the, the truly worst uh, boss you've ever had, or the truly best boss. It, it pick something that is relevant, mm-hmm. pick a discussion that maybe it wasn't the worst discussion you've had. And maybe it actually was a relatively easy discussion because it was, you knew this person pretty well, but it was something you had to kind of redirect them on. Um, like, for example, so I, uh, when I worked um, on staff, there was someone, uh, she was a product manager, and whenever she would um, give feedback, she would say, all right, this doesn't work, and then she would also try to rewrite the copy herself. 
Um, and obviously that doesn't work because that's my job. Um, but instead of getting huffy about it and being like, I'm just trying to do my job, blah, 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 uh, I just you know, pulled her aside after a meeting, obviously very private and said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that, um, thank you for the feedback. This is great feedback. Um, but you know, you, you don't have to, to rewrite the copy. Um, what I, what works best is just for me to, to know what didn't work and why it didn't work. And then as your copywriter, I can go through and fix that, maybe even give you a couple of different options. Um, and in this scenario, she was she was so grateful, and the 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 her her misunderstanding was she thought that she was she was being rude by not offering a solution. Um, and so it was it it it. It was that the most difficult conversation I've had to have? No, by no means. Did I have to do it? Yeah, of course I had to do it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the most difficult conversation. But by telling that, it shows that I'm willing to address a problem, that I'm willing to address it diplomatically, that I don't get huffy if people step on my toes. Um, it, it's pick stories or pick examples or that show you in your best light mm-hmm. and show you again as the, the best possible employee and team member that they are going to find. Mm-hmm. To give another example, and this is even, this isn't challenging at all, but I think in, in the sense of how you spin it too, right? So this was back, I was a very junior, junior copywriter and I got an assignment. I got the brief and it was like, here's the brief, go. And it was a company I'd been doing work with consistently and freelance work. And so the brief had, the, you know, it was an email. It was pretty relatively straightforward. They were expecting, you know, come back through email and we'd regroup if we really had to. And I read the brief and I thought, hmm, this really needs to, you know, we're sending this message, but this really makes sense for people who are already members of this, this product versus people who aren't. Can we send two different versions? And so as a junior, junior copywriter, I was like, Ooh, am I stepping on the product persons? You know, the, the, they're the ones that said the brief. Am I kind of messing up their strategy? This is their strategy. But I was like, Nope, this is the right thing to do. Does it take more work for me in the long run? Yes. You know, so I was getting paid for it, of course, but it's creating more work for myself, which I didn't mind, but, and for the team as a whole potentially. And so that's what I did. I said, Hey, you know, here's this idea before I go and execute on this, I have what you want ready. I think it'd be very easy to slightly make some slight, tiny, tiny changes and actually do, you know, segment the the list that you're sending to. And they were like, great idea. love it. Um, but it still felt like tier one of stepping on people's toes, like, Ooh, this isn't my lane. I should just stay in my lane, mm-hmm. but there's a way to go about it. And so you can sh- spin that story of like, here's, here's how I went about it. And here's why it was great for everyone. Um, on the flip side of that too, that same company, I remember there was a project and I was like, hey, I don't actually think this is the problem. I think this is your problem. And they were like, oh yeah, thank you for pointing it out. It took work off my plate, which meant I didn't get paid for it. And again, freelancer, this wasn't on staff where I'm just getting paid no matter what. Um, but that was okay for me because again, being a good partner, showing that I was mm-hmm. looking out for the, you know, looking out for the company, thinking beyond my copy role to think more holistically about the company and what might make most sense. And to just raise those questions and worst case, they came back and said, Nope, we still want this one. Okay, fine. Cool. Here it is. Um, but not being afraid to, to raise those questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just about copy in these interviews at all. Yeah. Which okay. speaking of questions, don't forget to ask questions. 
Yes, Don't forget to bring questions. Point. There's always an opportunity when the interviewer says, do you have any questions for me? And there's nothing worse than they're like, no. No. It comes off a little. Hmm. Really? We answered them all during the interview? That doesn't seem, especially when it's been one way for the bulk of the interview. Um, so come up with some, you know, what are you interested? What's it like working for the company? What's your culture like? What's your, you don't want to get too specific of like, what's your vacation policy? Can I work from home two days a week? Anything that's about you and about what's going to benefit you. What's the salary? Not quite the place to do it in the first conversation. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) But yeah. those cultural questions are totally fine. Hey, what's a what's a typical day like? What what types of projects would I be working on? What's what's your five year vision for the company? Things like that that get you genuinely should show your interest in the company. So, what are you interested to know about the company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite one, uh, a go to whenever, and it's very likely I will never interview for a job again. Um, but uh, when it actually interview different from discovery calls, of course, those will go on. But um, my favorite was always, okay, what's your favorite thing about working here? And, you know, they give you like, oh, yeah, I just really yeah. love the people. Or blah, blah, blah. And then I follow that up with, okay, what's your least favorite thing about working here? What do you really dislike about working here? Because mm-hmm. that's where you start to get some real answers. Yeah. Like, oh, well. Mm, eh. It's a big organization. Things move slow yeah. or what? Like, yeah. Okay. All right. This Those are good ones. Good yeah. for me to know. Exactly. Yes. And you, at the same time too, you can ask questions about pieces that you've seen or, you know, what was the, what was the process for, I've told you about how I usually work on a project. What is your project from, or your project life cycle from mm-hmm. beginning to end? How does that look like? How many stakeholders are usually involved mm-hmm. in projects? How many, yeah. To talk about, ask about, um, um, the culture, ask about how projects happen, ask about, you know, how often do, do teams collaborate? You know, are you mostly just going to be working with the creative team or are you going to get to work with the development team? Are you mm-hmm. going to get to work with the product team and all that kind of thing? Um, if it's like an agency, it was- hey, are you, what, which clients is this role for? Is it with uh, several clients? Is it for one client? Because sometimes an agency, they might just have a really big client that they need some extra hands on, particularly freelance hands. And so you might be on just one client. So you need to know that. It's helpful information for you to know to say, hmm, am I interested in working with this one client? Or was I really hoping to get more of the agency experience and have different different clients I was rotating through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are so many questions. Even just go down and jot those five or six down that yeah. we just gave you and bring them Save with you. Save the episodes and, you know, have it on hand for if if and when your next, I should say when, it's not if, yeah. when your next call with any potential client, employer, whoever. Yeah, you do not want to be the person that goes, nope, no, you answered them all, no, don't have any questions. It shows that you, it just, it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking strategically about the company. You're not thinking it's, it's a bad look. Don't be that person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you have it. Now, you know, what you need to do in the interview questions and answers you need to prepare. Now we have made a three-part series. So we had uh, an episode before this about what you need to do to how to apply and how to prepare for coming to the interview. Um, so if you haven't listened to that yet or watched it yet, go back and check that one out. Now coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about what you need to do after the interview. You may be thinking, well, the interview's over. What do I have to do? There's nothing to do. Oh, so much. Oh, contrary. But not so much, really. Just, just a couple of little things, bit. but really important things. So we'll catch you in that next episode. Bye, everybody. 
Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time. Thank you.